1: Just to give you a heads up, one of us is bound to say something not suitable for little ears. It is, after all, the one hour a day I spend away from my children.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mom and Dad are Fighting Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday. This is the Baby Bank Account Edition. I'm Eamon Ismail. I've got Musa here with me. That's So if you hear some, like, sucking ASMR, that's Swear to God, that's not me. That's him. That's it. <laughs>
0: And that's it. Okay. I'm Javila <laughs> Lemieux. I'm a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column. And don't tell anybody, but I've got Naima with me too. She's in the other room. And we live in Los Angeles, California. I'm Elizabeth
1: Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. And I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's nine, Oliver, who's seven, and Teddy, who's four. And they are all at school. And we live in Colorado Springs, Colorado.
2: So on today's show, we're answering a listener question from a parent who wonders what should she do with all of their baby's monetary gifts? Should their five-month-old daughter get a bank account? Then we give some advice to a listener who wants to know how to properly evaluate public schools. What distinguishes a good school from an average school? And on Slate Plus, we're discussing when parents should take a hands-off approach versus a hands-on approach with their kids. Where is the line between helping your kid avoid a mistake and letting them make mistakes to learn and grow from? But first we're going to kick off the show with some triumphs and fails. Jamila, do you have a triumph or a fail this week?
0: I have a classic Jamila triumph slash fail in which my child did not attend school today and I just don't care. <laughs> she needed a break. I gave her a mental health day. There's a lot going on. She's back in extracurricular activities. You know, of course, that's the perfect reason to miss real school, but they are also important, and I don't know. I just feel like the last few days for us for her have been intense, and I have a friend in town that Naima hasn't really got a chance to spend any time with. And today, I was just like, "You need a break." So I gave her a break from school. It feels equally triumphy and fairly triumphy because I know she needed it fairly because we're supposed to send our kids to school every day, but that's where we are. I'm
1: pro mental health. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i'm I'm pro cutting class always
1: so good for you i mean what's one
2: day i mean unless she has like an exam who cares who cares
1: i agree good for you
0: <laughs> we'll
1: see tomorrow right that's the thing you can keep her home and then tomorrow she can go and it'll all be
0: fine it'll all be fine and she'll be with her dad tomorrow so there'll be no temptation for me to keep her i couldn't if i wanted to
2: and don't let anybody shame you for for looking out for number one you know like if, if you needed a mental health day and she needed a mental health day, that's what matters.
0: That is what matters. You're right.
1: Agreed. Well, I also have a classic New Camp <laughs> triumph-fail craziness, so our Slate Plus listeners know that I took the family to Rocky Mountain National Park to see the elk rut, which is I.E. elk porn. It is when the male <laughs> elk gather <laughs> their harem, and they do this because they only mate once a year, and so this way they prevent the females from mating with other males. It's complete chaos. It's really cool. They bugle and they run at each other and try to run the other elk off. It's it's really interesting to watch. We went with some very good friends of ours and also did some hiking. And so that is when this is Jeff's triumph and my fail. But we had split up into two different cars. You have to have all these reservations to get into the park and then into the special area of the park. And so the dad's we're driving one car with some of the kids and the moms were driving some of the other i was driving i was in the the lead vehicle and so we get we're going to hike at this area called Spruce Lake and it there's only one road out there you have to have this reservation blah blah so we park and we're waiting for the dads who are behind us and like 30 minutes goes by and that they are just like not there and there's no cell phone reception in the park we have not a clue where where they might be so finally we see them come around the corner and they pull up and and jeff gets out of the car first he, the other dad is driving and i'm sort of like like what's the deal <laughs> like what did you guys do you know like we're <laughs> waiting for you here and he says to me sorry we're late we had to put out a barn fire and i was like oh, you yeah, put out a fire. barn fire <laughs> like i just think he's being like you know dumb about it. he's like yeah yeah we put out a barn fire and i was like what are you talking about and then the kids get out of the car and they're like the dads pulled the car off on the side of the road and they jumped out of the car and they were like throwing stuff. So it turns out that in the national park, we were driving and there's a port where the road kind of goes around a corner. We went around and Jeff and um, this other dad, Ryan, saw smoke, drove over to the smoke, got there. There was oh a God. barn on fire. What? Oh there was God. only one man there. A skid steer had, had started a fire inside this barn full of hay. So Jeff and Ryan jump out. They just like leave the kids in the car jump out and they're grabbing there's like propane tanks and stuff sitting around the outside of the barn so they're oh grabbing the propane tanks and like grabbing wood and all this stuff and like running 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 them to a different part of the forest and and earlier this year in the spring like half of the national park burned in what's called the east troublesome fire oh so it's really sad oh my God. it's a long drive for the fire truck so so Jeff and them are like pulling there's only one other guy there there's no cell phone he's trying to like radio the, the man that was working at the barn he shuts down the the and all of that eventually the fire trucks do arrive and then jeff and ryan left to come join us to hike well of course pretty much as soon as they got there the rangers follow there and are like you need to we need to evacuate this area (laughs) so they look to jeff and ryan like well we just saw you can you help us evacuate so our family is like going around like we need to leave there's a barn on fire (laughs) we don't want to get dropped here so we we have kind of this like very dramatic day we end up we have to leave this whole area of the park we go to a different meadow to see the elk rut. It's like very fun. We get home though and the the adults are just like done like we are done with the day, right? Like the two men have legitimately like helped saved a fire. The women, like, chastise them for 20 minutes only to find out that they're heroes. <laughs> you know, then we ran the kids around. So we we get home. This is where my fail comes in. And the parents had been brought this game up to the cabin. We're staying at our friend's cabin. And Somify, I've talked about it before, it's a wine-tasting game. We had, like, bought the wine. Everyone really wanted to play. The kids are all, like, worked up. We're just basically, like, get in this room you're sharing and go to bed. And that <laughs> did not work well. So we're, like, trying oh, to no. play this wine-tasting game and, like, have an adult night and go upstairs. So finally, I like go upstairs and I do not see Teddy. Everyone else has fallen asleep. And I'm just like, eh, I'm sure he's in the house somewhere. So I go back downstairs. I'm like, I don't know where Teddy is, but he didn't come down the stairs. I'm sure he's fine. So we go upstairs several hours later to go to bed and he is passed out under the bed in in like one of the adult rooms like with oh. his eye his dead ipad i oh. suspect that he just abandoned the children's room oh. found his ipad climbed to the bed watched till who knows when and fell asleep mm. but i got to play my my wine game so you know triumph yes. for jeff for saving the forest fail for me for <laughs> for being like i've had enough
0: <laughs> i think it's a triumph oh, that you man. got to play your wine
1: game i did yeah
2: <laughs> you're selling it short
1: and by the end i didn't really care right
2: I mean, it's not saving a barn uh, fire, but no. it's something. Yeah. Saving your own personal inner barn fire, I think.
1: Exactly. More mental health, pro mental health, right? A little, yes. uh, playing some, having some adult time, mm-hmm. but an eventful mm-hmm. trip all around. What about you, Eamon?
2: Oh, man. I have reached the horizon. I have climbed the mountain. <laughs> I am like on cloud nine right now. Okay. And this is like, triumph doesn't even begin doesn't even begin to describe how I'm feeling right now. It's crazy. Musa smiled and laughed and is like a person now for the first time in his life. It's so crazy. (laughs) For the past three months, I've just been, you know, working my behind off for the sake of this kid, like not sleeping and, and all the pay I get is like a burp. And like that was the reward for the day, right? But now he's like laughing, he's laughing. So it all started on two nights ago and he needed a diaper change in the middle of the night after I fed him. So I took off his diaper and then it was like a super soaker. It was like one of those like projectile poopies that flew (laughs) flung. And my instinct was to like cover it with my hand to like minimize the mess. And then I like clean my hand off. I put like the diaper down I'm like, okay, we're gonna get a fresh diaper. We're gonna make this, we're gonna try this again. I do it again, and then, boof, again, the second time, a huge <laughs> yeah. tsunami, like, shoots out of this tiny little thing. But this time, it, like, gets onto the diaper-changing kit, and it's, like, kind of all over my stuff, you know, on my pants a little bit. I'm like, oh, my God, this kid, I, I'm, like, so angry. I'm I'm <clears throat> so mad, because he had all night to get it out, and especially after the first squirt, I gave him a minute. So yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit him down. I'm going to wait, like, two, three minutes this time. I'm scrolling my phone. I'm like, okay, enough time has passed. I take the dirty diaper off and again, woof. I'm like, oh my God, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. And it and it goes on like the couch behind me. And I'm like, this is not what I want to do at 3 a.m. Long poopy story short. I'm able to to get him cleaned up. I I get all of it out of him. I, I just prayed. I was like, all right, this is the last time I'm doing this. If not, I'm waking your mother up. And so I do I, I I do the business. I get him clean. He's happy. And then I put him down to like put him to bed. And then he just lets out like a <laughs> Just that. Just a little tiny thing. And then my heart literally exploded. And I turned the lights on. I'm like, Mira, Mira, wake up, wake up. He's laughing. He's laughing. Do it again. And we start tickling him. And he's laughing like crazy. And he's having like the best time. And honestly, that was like, that just made all the poopy worth it. Like, I didn't care about the poopies anymore. I forgave him. I chose to forgive him. It was the best feeling in the world.
1: I love it. Ever
2: since then, we like went to lunch the day, uh, the next day, with uh, some family members because we're out here in Kentucky with my oh. wife's family, and he's just sitting in the chair and they're playing peekaboo with him and he's having a great time and he's laughing and he's smiling and he's looking around. And he's alert. Everybody's just making faces and he's like mimicking the faces and he's just a laughing baby now.
1: I know he's Aww. definitely. He looks like a little person now, he does. And not a baby. Like he's, he's, he's got a interested hairline. in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I love it. So So that's
2: like the best thing in the world, honestly. I feel amazing. (laughs) The the only consolation is he's like rapidly changing right now. So I like handed him off for like 30 minutes so I can write a piece for Slate. And then it was like a whole new person. I had like no idea who this kid was. He just had like a whole new personality in 30 minutes. And I was like (laughs) meeting him for the first time. And that just keeps happening. So he's like in this phase right now where everything is brand new, even for us. So, whew.
1: That's awesome.
2: I'm like, even talking about it, I'm just getting hit with adrenaline. It's nuts. Aww. It's amazing. It's it, it it's worth it, you guys. I've been telling people don't have babies. Now I'm like, yo, have babies. <laughs> They're awesome. <laughs> they smile eventually.
0: They do. <laughs> they do. What an exciting
1: time. I know. I feel like you got to bottle this up. Like, these moments are, like, so great. Sometimes I have a hard time even, like, looking back on them because – They're like so like the idea that i'm not going to have that moment again is sometimes a lot for me yeah
2: oh i know all
0: right
2: that was fun now it's time to take care of some business first please subscribe to the show it helps us out and the show will automatically show up in your feed so it's good for you and for us and if you want even more of our show you should become a slate plus member you'll get a whole bonus segment every single week Here's a sneak peek of what you could hear today about when to let your kids make mistakes.
1: How can I meet them in a loving way? Loving, but also firm. Like, I think it's a hard line. And I also am just preparing (laughs) that I will fail on that a lot. You know, I try to give myself some, like, it's okay, we're not going to do this right every time, but we're going to try our best.
2: Not only will you get fun extra segments like that, but you'll even get bonus episodes for shows like Political Gap Fest and Slate's Working Podcast. And you'll get unlimited reading on the Slate website without ever hitting a paywall again. Doesn't that sound worth it? So if you want to support us and support Slate, sign up for Slate Plus. It's only $1 for the first month. Just go to slate.com slash momanddadplus. And don't forget... Slate's parenting newsletter is the best place to be notified about all our parenting content, including mom and dad are fighting, care and feeding, and much more. Get all of Slate's parenting content right into your inbox every week. Sign up at slate.com/parenting-email, and we'll be back to the show right after this quick break. And we're back. Okay, on to our first listener question. It's being read, as always, by the amazing Shasha Leonard.
3: Hi, Mom and Dad. I'm curious on what you think parents should do with monetary gifts to their kids, in particular when they are infants. We have wonderful friends and family who have given us various monetary gifts for milestones in our infant's life. But my husband and I are trying to figure out what the heck to do with them. Assuming we can fund her college ourselves, do we put it in her 529, a separate bank account she gets access to when she's old enough, split it, or put holiday gifts in the 529 and she keeps birthday gifts? When she's a baby and doesn't have a concept of gifts or money, it's one thing, but when she starts opening these gifts herself, what do we do? Does my five-month-old need a bank account?
2: Okay, so it sounds like you don't have problems, so we'll just skip this question.
1: Exactly, this is such a good problem to have. I, I completely, I feel like understand, like feeling like the money belongs to your child because it's being given to your child, but you're like a caregiver. And I, I think the advice that I can give you on this is to say, like, yes, this is like a wonderful problem to have, and to really think about putting this money away because when the the time in your life at which you need money is a time in which like you will appreciate this. And sometimes it's hard for us to like hold things that we think are our children's like, like it's like, well, this belongs to them. Should I give it to them when they turn 18? Should I give it to them when they, you know, hit this other milestone, like, what is that? I think the point is, if you put it away, you can make those decisions later. Now, the the 529, you know, it's like, if you think you can pay for college, then maybe you, you don't need to put it in a 529. But maybe you put it in a 529 for college, and then the money you would have put in there, you can use for something else. Like, those are kind of a family decision you need to make. But I did, I did, create a list of things to think about. <laughs> I don't know that I can answer your question, but there are children's savings account, which I think is a is a good idea. There are custodial accounts where you create account in your child's name, but you are the custodian of that until they are 18 or some other age. You, of course, can do the 529. You can do a Roth IRA. You can open a health savings account. You can set aside or start a trust fund. Like These are all ways that I think that you can think about providing for your child in the future, you do not know what your situation will be. Like, situations change all the time with both your health, your child's health. Like, you know, every day, I think is a gift. and knowing about that. but i I think the point is, don't just let it sit there and think like, okay, eventually we'll do something because it comes very easy to sort of forget about what that is. And, and you know, when your kid is, even if you are able to provide, for these things, if you have put it away, there is an opportunity in the future to talk about that money when they can understand it. To have them help you divide it, you know, if you put it in some kind of savings account, you can always put it in the five twenty nine later. You can always divide it and talk about if you do kind of the saving, spending, sharing method. That's a, when they are capable of having that conversation with you, you can help them choose things that they're saving for, be that college or something else, a car, a, you know, whatever down the road you know, also talking about how you want to share that money. It's it's wonderful that when you're teaching that lesson to be able to have some money that's your child's to say, this is an opportunity to share money with a cause that you believe in. And you are lucky enough that these people who care for you gave you this money. And now you get the opportunity to share that. I think a lot, my grandparents were big at buying little savings bonds. And a lot of them have just like came when you can cash them out for their, their twice their value. When I was in this period of like, having kids and trying to buy a house and doing these things. And these gifts felt incredible to me, you know, in the way that I think having the money at nine or 18 or something else wouldn't have because it felt like, okay, now I'm an adult and I can make these decisions of like, these are the charities and things we want to support and give to. These are the things in life that we are saving for that set us up on a good path. So I, I mean, I guess my advice is set up an account for them. There's a lot of different options, but save the money for them. And for a Time at which you can have a intelligent conversation about financial management, and also be giving them this gift that can be more than just like, "Yay, I have money for for Legos." You know.
0: I 100% agree. I think you know, as Amon said, you don't have problems; just the thing <laughs> to to mull over. But you know what your plans are in terms of what you're willing to spend when your child is in high school. Are you going to give them access to a car? Would they? Would you be willing to allow them to have a car as a high school student if you were able to pay for one? And I'm assuming that, you know, obviously you all have prepared for paying for college. You know, that could be an issue on campus. Is, are they going to need to be able to get around? Are they going to have a car? Do you want to buy them a car? There are a number of big ticket purchases and also spending money in college you know like are you going to be giving them some sort of allowance or are they going to be expected to work to have money i think you have a lot of opportunities coming up in the future where you can have great conversations about what the value of these dollars is and uh, a responsible way of using it and that you should save it letting them spend it now or or sooner than young adulthood would be a complete waste Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i mean The way that I've been handling it so far is every time anybody gives me, like, any monetary gifts for my baby, I just throw it in my account or in my savings account or in any of the accounts that I have. I don't know. I feel like maybe people, when they do give those gifts, have a sense of an idea that you're really giving it to the parents, not to the kid. So maybe... I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but, but everybody who's giving me a single cent for Musa, I've just been like, thank you very much for the gift for me.
0: <laughs> well, I think it depends how they give it. Like, if it's a savings bond, you know, I think the expectation is this is given to the child. I think if it's a cash gift, that's usually, like, for the parents to use for the care or the delight of the child as they see fit. <laughs> yeah, but
2: isn't everything that we do for ourselves also for the care of the kid, really?
0: <laughs> no. intentionally deliberately no
2: so my mom gave my son when he was born like a hundred dollars to hold on to and he was about to eat the thing so if anything i rescued that hundred dollar bills yeah you did you know you did so that's that's what i'm saying. maybe you're right i mean the the farthest i've done for this kid's financial future so far was i just added him as a as a user on my credit card just to start building his credit now um, but maybe, maybe I'll start like a savings account for him
1: i you know some of it though it depends on like how you like knowing yourself, right? I mean, it, one obviously, like what is to this person they are obviously this person who's written in has obviously said like we're okay financially. That's obviously very different than if what you need is is help with care or any of those things. I think in that case, you should in no way feel bad about using money that you're given to to provide for your child, right? Like that should be a no-brainer absolutely. But yeah. I think if you know that yourself as a person are unlikely to be able to hold on to that money or or use that money for your child in the way that they need it now, setting up an account is a good accountability way to say this isn't really mine, it's theirs, right? But th- these are all like such personal decisions depending on your on your family and what's going on and and your projected needs you know i think the goal is obviously to to raise a a happy healthy baby and and that requires money
2: yeah that makes sense to me i mean what we spent the money on was like a cleaning service that's like really where the hundred dollars went. we were like let's just get this place clean for musa perfect but now i'm hearing this and i'm thinking should i just like thrown it in this account maybe when he's older it'll be worth like three hundred dollars maybe
0: that sometimes that's you know what i mean like i think that's a good thing to do i kind of feel
2: like an idiot now i'm not gonna lie to you guys i kind of do feel like an idiot
0: i'm eight years into like just spending her money so now i'm like (laughs) wow you know it gives me a lot to think about um i just figured i was gonna be rich by the time all this shit mattered you know but I I do think that (laughs) you've inspired me. I'm going to open up an account and throw money in there.
2: I'm going to Google what a 529
0: is. I was too ashamed. So 529, it's a college college
1: savings plan. (laughs) But the problem with that is that you can only pull it out. I, I am not an expert in this, but you can only pull it out for certain educational things. So there is some, if you are in a situation where you're getting a lot of money, you're really committing this to certain educational goals. And so I think, while it's great and it's a great college savings plan and there's of course tax benefits you can run into a situation where you're raising a child that college is not the best option for them and now you have this money that they can't necessarily access now that can go to siblings and it can go there's a lot of things covered by the educational but it is not you know it, I, I do worry like if you put everything in that bucket I, I just think of other costs like I mean Jamila you brought up a whole bunch like you save all this stuff for college but like what if What if you're able to get a scholarship or do something about college, but then what you need is spending money or this money could have made the difference between like not having to have a full time job during college or not. You know what I mean? Like I think about those kind of things. I do want to say, though, that I don't think you should feel bad about the cleaning service, because I think that if that's giving you time to be with your baby and to have a clean house, then that is absolutely for them and something that is helping you and you should not feel Guilty. I took this to mean like, should I go out and buy another toy, or should I take this money? You know, should I save mm. this money? I don't. If you need this for cleaning, running the house, groceries, diapers, any any of that stuff, even the more amorphous, if you need this for your car, right? Then that I think absolutely those are like your your first line needs, and it's a real. It's a real privilege to be able to say, I'm saving this, but if you can manage it, I just think what a gift you're able to give them then when they're 18 or whatever that looks like, maybe 17, maybe 16, because they're, they're headed off, you know, to work, to be able to say like, here's some money, you know, to get you started. I, if, if you can manage that, that to me is an amazing gift to give someone.
2: Fair game. Fair game. So thank you so much for writing in. We hope we helped. I hope I didn't shame you. I hope you don't feel shamed, or or at least we made it clear that we are in the same boat. Anyways, we're going to take a quick break. And back to the show. All right, so now on to our second listener question. Take it away, Shasha.
3: Dear Mom and Dad, what do you use to evaluate a potential public school? I'm a first-time mom of a nine-month-old and very much considering selling our current smallish house for a larger one. What is considered good versus average? And what other factors should be considered besides those that can be measured?
2: I personally love this question because this is something that I looked at a lot. There's this website that I used called niche.com or is dot .org? It's like N-I-C-H-E that will give you school rankings and give you letter grade ratings for pretty much every single category you can think of, including diversity, ground transportation, and standardized test score results, it's awesome. It kind of lit a fire under my butt because I I looked up where I was living and I just like moved it back into the neighborhood where I grew up in and I panicked a little bit because I saw all the schools in my area are like C minus and Ds. So I was like, I cannot send this kid here. It's not going to do it justice. But uh, I would recommend using that website. But uh, you asked specifically about the ratio between students and teachers. I think anything larger than 25 in my opinion would be considered like a, a a large class. If you can find some school that's lower than that, in like 20 even or 15, that'd be amazing. But I think that's probably one of the biggest factors is how many teachers uh, are in the school per student. And also one of the things that I think is also really really important, the diversity, like diversity is really 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 important for the the social growth of your child, you know? They're going to be in a world, no matter what you try and and mold for them, they're going to go out and they're going to experience new things and they're going to meet new people who they haven't met before. You, you want to give them the best shot at, you know, being sociable and being cool and, and being able to to adapt and, and not be offensive, you know? Uh, and these aren't things that teachers can teach, but you do have to learn in school. So that's just sort of my first impressions. Uh, what do you think, Elizabeth?
1: <laughs> so... To me, I don't know that there's like good, like good school is different for everyone. And I think so much is going to depend on both your child and also what your values are and what is important to you. For some people, a good school is proximity. For some people, a good school is going to be really dependent on like test scores are really important to me or, you know, whatever that is for your for you and your family. I kind of feel like the question in general is kind of problematic. Like, I was confused whether she's asking because she, like, wants to move in, like, because they're moving and then like, is it because you're worried about your house selling? Are you worried about where are you going to send your child? It seems like at nine months old, you don't really know your child. You don't necessarily know what they're going to need or what they're going to want or even what your situation is. So I kind of feel like, does the neighborhood have a good feel for you? Do you feel like the neighborhood is diverse? Because you know, So many of these things like your test scores, your teacher ratios, like all of that are directly correlated to property values and then how much tax money is going towards your towards your school. And so that may not necessarily be the best judge of like, is that what you want? And again, I don't have a ton of experience with with public schools or even like schools in the United States, but when we were choosing schools in the Netherlands and then when I was looking here, so much of it came from walking into the school and thinking, will my child be cared for here? And is this the kind of population in which... I think, Iman, what you were talking about, like, is my kid going to learn from the other students? Is Are there things here that they are going to learn about being part of this society in the way that I want it to be? And I don't know that you can get that from strictly looking at numbers. But Jamila, I was really interested in in what you were going to say about this, because you last year, we got to hear about you like switching Naima school and then switching back when it was a bad fit.
0: Yeah, I I went to public schools and my daughter has gone to exclusively public schools since she graduated from pre-K. And, you know, I, I think there are so many factors that are not easily assessed by any sort of rubric, right? Like, I think once you have your basic requirements met, so, you know... Ideal class size is somewhere around 15 to 18. Average American class size is closer to 21 to 24. And it's higher for public schools than it is for private schools. You know, if you find a place, it's like, okay, the ratios are decent, the grades are good, you know, like you still have to go inside the school and meet the teachers. You know, you have to see the school community and find out what sort of extracurricular activities are they offering? What kind of languages do they have? What kind of, you know, parental involvement is there? Is this a community that I want to be a part of? You know, and I think that, you know, just as when you are purchasing your home, you're making this consideration about like, you know, who do I want to be my neighbors? Who do I want to hang out with? The school community uh whether your child ended up in a school walking distance from your home or on the other side of town is in so many ways a vital community to you and your child for the duration of your kids time there so i think your child is very very young you know you've got a lot of time you know you could fall in love with the school now and through leadership changes it could be a completely different school by the time you have a kindergartner You know, I've seen schools change drastically two or three times in a five year period. You know, that is how public schools work. So I, I think the best you can do is find a community that fits your values, that has schools that feel like they would be a good fit for you. And as your child gets older, you know, go up there to buy Girl Scout cookies, go to the fall jamboree, you know, be a part of the school community School communities, plural, right? Like, check out a few different schools in your area and see what feels right for you. But you've got a long way to go.
2: Yeah, you're, you're sort of in the same boat as me because my baby's three months old and I'm already like freaking out over what school he's going to go to and how on earth he, am I going to chart his path to college. And to a degree, I'm, I'm sort of just in listening to you guys. I'm, I'm learning that I am like overreacting and freaking out over these things in the same way that this writer might be. So, yeah, I guess my, my feelings right now is chill out a little bit <laughs> and that schools do change and that, uh, you know, there are other alternatives, you know, at, at least in my area, there's like charter schools and there's private schools. And thank God, am, that the private <laughs> schools are not that expensive. So, you know, there's other options, not just public schools. What I am still worried about, though, is whether or not they do have like a high graduation rate, and whether or not they do have like a high rate of kids going to college, because that's what made me decide right from the bat that I'm not sending my kid to these public schools in my area. And granted, I did go to these public schools, but if anything, that scares me more, because I know how bad they get. And yeah, it's it's really worrying that only like twenty percent of those kids actually do ever graduate, and that the rest of the eighty just fall through the cracks. And that to me is like unacceptable, and I'm not willing to roll the dice with my son. But I, on the other hand, on the other hand, on the flip side of that, uh, a lot of how your your child, you know, succeeds in school is up to the parent, and how involved you want to be. And whether or not you want to make sure that they're enrolled in extracurriculars or doing extra work. And if you notice them falling behind, if you're going to help them yourself or, or get them even a tutor, you know. So I think when you do look at some of these stats, they might look scary. But you have to also realize that, like, a lot of it really is up to you and how much time you have to be involved in your child's school life.
1: I feel like I am sort of, like, put off a little bit by the notion of, like, good schools and bad schools and then using these rankings because then we sort of circle around and say, like, well, we wish the schools weren't so, like, test-based or we wish the schools, like, spent more time on these other things, but then we as parents, like, are trying to make our decisions on where to send people and where you send your child, of course, is directly correlates to how much money, you know, that school gets. And, And so it's all... To me, it's all a very, it's it's a very complicated situation, right? Like we all want to do the best by our kids, sending them this good place, sending them to the best place they possibly can be. But what good looks like or what value you're getting out of, out of school can be so different. And I guess I also feel like your academic progress or, or your academic success obviously matters into, in some extent, what doors will be opened for you but if you are a parent that is already worrying about this and have kind of the financial means to worry about this right like you're you're able to choose which house you're looking at based on school districts or or make those kind of decisions based on that your child is probably going to be fine anywhere like you you are probably already set up for success just by the by the nature of your situation and so this may have even less impact uh, you know wh- how good that school is like whether you get into a school that has you know I don't even know exactly the metric but but a few percentage points here or there on any one of these things is is probably irrelevant to you if if you have these financial means and can provide extra things for your child so i i do think just like calm down about it see who your child turns out to be because it could turn out that what is most important to you is the swimming program and your school might not have a pool. <laughs> it could turn out that what's most important is, you know, speech and debate and you end up moving your child for something like that or they are really drawn towards art and what you're looking for is something that nourishes that. And so I I think if you look for, Jamila said this so perfectly, if you look for the community that you want to be a part of and that you feel good and supported in and also one that is that is challenging you to grow. I I think it's important that you look for a place that's also going to push you and push your student in different ways and and whichever way you need to be pushed. Like it's it's possible that you need to be pushed academically. It's also possible that where you need to be pushed is to be in a more diverse setting than than you are. You know that about yourself and, and your family and I encourage you to to look for a place where you can grow, where you can grow this person. Because at the end of the day that's at least what I think education should be about, is about kind of growing growing people academically and, and personally.
0: The other thing, you have to get to know parents at any school that you're trying to check out. The only way to really know the school is to talk to the families that are a part of the school. And so once you get into a community, you'll get to talk to parents and you'll see what life in these schools near your new house are like. And you'll definitely have a much better run at deciding if it's a good fit for you than trying to determine that based on statistics and data now.
1: It's also okay to change your mind. You can make all these choices now and move in next to what you think is the perfect school and show up and it's not good (laughs) for you. And that's okay.
2: That's true. All right, well, thank you so much for our listeners for writing in. I hope that was helpful. If you have an update at some point, please let us know. We love updates, and we love to know whether or not our advice was awesome or atrocious. And to the rest of our listeners out there, are you looking for some amazing or not amazing parenting advice? Well, that's literally our job, so please email us at com. Full disclosure, when I say awesome advice, I'm talking about Elizabeth and Jamila. When I say not so awesome, I'm talking about myself. So let's move on to recommendations. Jamila, what do you have?
0: Okay. I never thought of myself as somebody who would be a soup maker, but I have started making soups and I am encouraging folks to just try, just take a chicken carcass. Or some bones from, like, say if you made, like, I made turkey wings the other day. And, like, I saved, like, they were so tender, the meat fell off the bone, not bragging. And so I saved (laughs) the bones, and I used the bones to make a bone broth. And I bought a bag of frozen soup vegetables and I dumped in a couple of things that I just had in the cabinet and some leftover chicken meat because it needed more meat and a bunch of seasonings. And right now it's in my slow cooker making a soup. And this is like the third time I've done it lately. And it's so easy. And you may not think that you're a great enough cook to make a soup, but I'm telling you, just make a soup.
1: I feel like you have taken on so many great (laughs) cooking adventures. (laughs) Like,
0: like... (laughs) And you, it just turns out you're like amazing at all of them. <laughs> I'm not. It's just, the, it's the handful that I, it's like, I can do quiche, key lime pie, soup, and a few baked goods. I've got a handful of other things that work well for me.
1: I feel so inspired. Cause you're always like, I tried this new thing. And like, this is how I made it work. <laughs> and it sounds so simple. I think eventually we need a Jamila mom and daughter fighting cookbook.
0: Oh Lord. Definitely, definitely,
1: <laughs> simple, <definitely>. simple recipes. <laughs> Like, cause you, you do just like, like the way you just described it. Cause I'm thinking, like, I know your soup, like, looks probably looks and tastes amazing, but you described it
0: like this is no big deal. Just, <laughs> I wouldn't say <laughs> Dude, looks, but they do tend to taste pretty good. I, I'm heavy handed <laughs> with garlic and miso, so yes. shout out to them.
2: Garlic, garlic, I love garlic.
0: Yum. Damn. Gosh, I always just feel so
1: inspired, Jamila.
0: Thank you. <laughs> what about you, Elizabeth?
1: So, I am recommending a podcast for kids that we've really been enjoying. And actually, we've been enjoying it for a while. And then I, this weekend, we were playing it in the car driving up to Rocky Mountain National Park. And I sort of thought it was something that everyone knew about, but this other family really enjoyed it too. So now I'm going to share it. It's from National Geographic Kids and it's called Greeking Out. And it's sort of like a retelling of Greek myths. And it's very cute and child friendly. And I really love because there's so much in Greek mythology that's like in literature and in just like root words of things. And so for kids to kind of get a taste for that and I, my kids are into the, advent, you know, there's lots of monsters and fighting and a little bit of introduction of some, not not sex, but of, you know, relationships and all of that. So it's a good jumping off point for just talking about all these things in a really fun way. And they do all these voices. So it's like listening to a really nice story. It's something I don't mind listening to as well. So it's a it's a kids podcast from National Geographic Kids called Greeking Out.
2: Yeah, I want to check that out. Most of probably won't understand it, but that sounds awesome. So... I kind of want to just recommend getting out of the house and like moving in with a grandma or a relative for like a week. (laughs) I highly recommend that. It's been awesome so far. And not just, you know, the obvious stuff where you have like a little bit more hands on deck. You can just like hand the baby off and go take a shower. Like that's great. Don't get me wrong. But one of the things that I found to be really awesome Uh, like really rewarding is that we've had to pack like everything that we think we need to survive this week with a baby. And obviously you can't like bring everything on a plane and go someplace, but just over the past week, I've been here for about a week now, and it's been, you know, it's been really, it's been a revelation in the sense where I've realized I don't need as many bottles as we have. And because we only have like four bottles, I've been just washing them often. And it's been very, very cathartic for me to be able to step away and like just get my hands with some like soapy and, and cleaning, and, and also that when there's not like ten bottles sitting at the sink, I'm less inclined to just tell myself I can't do this right now. I'm just gonna walk away and do it later. And, and also like we had like this bouncy chair that we always like have been using, and now we're like learning new techniques to just hold them and keep them s- s- silent and occupied and happy. You know, I'm just starting to realize I don't need half of the stuff that I, I got for this baby. And so that's been, like, really rewarding, and I wish I'd took this trip sooner. Yes, because they ha- the extra hands are awesome, but I maybe it would have saved some money and that I wouldn't have bought so much stuff to keep this kid entertained because I read too many travel blogs and stuff. <laughs> now, now I know what, exactly what I need, how much of what I need for it, and it's been really rewarding.
0: I think that's something I would love to do right now. I I cannot wait till I can <laughs> go saying. be with an elder again.
1: I think that's good advice to get out there when you can and travel and just build confidence to that you can travel with the baby. Like it doesn't end everything and it's hard, but it's in some ways not any harder than being at home with the baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. At least there's other things to do.
2: Yeah, and I I used to have no idea how much of anything this kid uses because I just get, like, the biggest box because I have, like, the space to store or whatever. And so now I'm getting, like, the smaller packs of diapers, and they have exactly 29 diapers in them, and so I know exactly how many he's using how often. And it just helps me keep track of how much I'll need if we're going to go to the park today, if we're going to spend a a night somewhere. I just have a much more solid grasp on how much this kid uses and what he needs to get through the night. And uh, maybe maybe it's just because I'm spending more time with this kid. But I really do think it's because I had a choice. I had to, to leave some things behind. And just having to make that choice. Maybe you don't even need to travel. Maybe you just need to sit and take inventory of all the stuff that you have and, like, the gifts and what you bought for your baby. And maybe yeah. maybe make some gifts for some people because downsizing has been really, really good for my mental health. Full circle, you see? We're going back to mental health. Yeah. Just like having a few bottles, I, I, I swear to God, I'm going to go home and, and give away almost all of them because having just the four, just what I need has been so much more healthy for me as far as keeping them clean and, and, and having that cycle go, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been awesome. There is such a thing as too ma- too many bottles. Yeah, I learned that today. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm glad for you all getting this trip. It sounds like it was really needed. Yeah, next time you're you're invited. <laughs> and that's our show. If you have any questions for
2: us, email us at mom and at slate dot com, and post it to the Slate Parenting Facebook group. Just search for Slate Parenting. Mom and Dad are fighting. is produced by Morgan Flannery for Jamila Lemieux and Elizabeth Newcamp. I'm Eamon Ismail. Thanks for listening.